0: Excuse me. I'm going to give you two illustrations of two kinds of faith that we find in the Bible. Uh, then we're going to spend most of our time talking about one of those two kinds. Uh, the first one concerns, as far as illustrations go, a guy named, by the name of Charles Blondin. Right now, in the late 1800s, there's this famous French tightrope walker by the name of Charles Blondin. Blondin's greatest act of fame came in June of 1859 when he attempted to become the first person to cross a tightrope stretched over Niagara Falls. Why? I don't know. But he did. He was about 50 yards above the falls, and as he would go, he would do different daring feats, like once he did it in a sack. Uh, He did it on stilts once. He did it riding a bicycle. He did it in the dark. One time he even carried an oven and cooked an omelet while he did this. Right. On one occasion, he walked across blindfolded, pushing a wheelbarrow. Now, when he reached the other side, the crowd's applause was louder than the roar of the falls. And Blondin suddenly stopped to address the audience. He says, do you believe I can carry a person to cross on this wheelbarrow? And the th- crowd was enthusiastic. Yes, yes, you're the greatest tightrope walker ever. Sure, you can do it. And then he says, okay, well, who's going to get in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> All right. So no one did, of course, but uh, sometimes faith means having real trust, having real trust. The second illustration I want to give you, that there was a man who desperately needed to get his uh, driver's license. So before he went for his driver's test, he got down on his knees and he prayed fervently, Lord, you know I need my license, please help me pass. man went for his driving test, but failed. A month later, he tried again. Again, he spent much time with the Lord. He asked for peace and wisdom and that he would get uh, a sympathetic driving tester. Uh, He asked for the weather to be good and for all to go well. The man went for his test and failed again. The next month came around. So the man got on his knees and before he was about to pray, he heard the voice of God from heaven. I know that you're going to pray about your driving test, but before you ask me again, I have something to ask you, God says. Can you please get some driving lessons? <laughs> let it sink in. Okay, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. All right. this kind of faith means putting specific actions into practice. So there's having real trust, and then there's putting things into action. So let me ask you a question. What is faith? These two examples... Highlight the two types of faith, a faith that leads to trust and a faith that leads to action. We need to understand that both of these types of faith are found in Scripture. Uh, Through Paul's letters, he mainly focuses on this, this first type of faith. Uh, This faith which comes not because we think that we're good enough, because we follow a set of rules and laws, but it's a faith that comes because we trust that Jesus has called us into his family by his sacrifice for our sins. We've trusted Jesus to save us. Now, James also believes in that type of faith, faith that leads to trust. But in his letter, James emphasizes this second type of faith, the faith which leads to action. Let me show you what we mean. James chapter 2, find verse 14. We'll read to the end of the chapter. It says, What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith alone. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. A couple of verses I want to highlight here. Okay, uh, First of all, look back at verse 14, where it says, What doth it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? That's a legitimate question. Drop down to verse 18. Where it says, uh, again, yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, or I show thee my faith by my works. Now Again, drop down to verse 20. Let's highlight another one. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And one more, the last verse, verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And when you put these together, The message stands out in a way that we cannot deny. We must have a faith that works. Yes, we must have a faith that leads to trust, but we must also have a faith that leads to action, to works. Now, as we think about it, we might start to get a little worried about this, right? Because some people in Christian circles stand on, on, on street corners handing out tracts while trying to engage members of the public in spiritual conversation. Uh, it's frontline evangelism that can that can make even the most mature Christians a little stressed, right? A little, a little worried. Many of us don't have a Christianity that works that way. Does that mean we don't have faith? Some people in Christian circles go on missions trips or they give their lives to be um, you know, missionaries. They serve their life in missionary service. They're willing to suffer persecution for their faith. At times it seems that, that little is happening in response to their efforts, but they push on regardless. And if our Christianity doesn't work that way, does that mean we don't have faith? If faith works, then how much work is enough for us? I'm going to let James answer that question. Now look in verses 15 and 16 again. It says, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Now the first thing to note here is that the people in need are brothers and sisters. All right. In other words, those who are part of your church family they're they're're they're, they're in Christ like you are all right now you don't have to find an avowed atheist although that would be okay you don't have to share the gospel although you are commanded to be doing so and you need to from time to time you don't even need to go to your friends who are not yet believers although sooner or later you should do that This is just the people in the church, those who have the same beliefs and same values you do. The second thing to note is that the nature of the needs, they're very basic. I mean, you don't have to build an orphanage in India, but you could, all right? You don't need to have the family move into your home and care for them, but that would be okay. You don't need to give them your family vehicle unless, out of love, you just wanted to. It's just some clothes and some food, all right? Well, that's not too hard, is it, to, to do for a brother or sister in Christ in need? Yet, for some reason, James has to write this to believers to give them a reminder of this. For some reason, the people just didn't get it. It's like they were saying, hey, I see that you have no clothes and no food. Let me help you. And then, oh, dear God, please help my brothers and sisters in Christ be warm because I have no food. Oh, and also I see that they're hungry, um, so, you know, let's see if we can take care of that. Oh, and they need clothes, so, Lord, can you provide some clothes for them? You know, great, just bless them, amen. Okay, that should help, you know. See you later. Take care. Hope you're doing good. Yeah. That's, that's not how it's done, is it? I mean, Really? Surely, I mean, surely no one who has come to know Christ as their as their Savior could be so un-Jesus-like as to think that that would be appropriate. I mean, even, even unbelievers would care for each other better than that. Now, I know that you know, no one here in this congregation would do that, right? So I could finish this sermon now, couldn't I? because we would never be guilty of that except except that i think there's more to it than that look at verse 19 all right verse 19 says that without works your faith is really no better than the demon's faith and it accomplishes just about as much right now look at verse 20 and 21 to show you why it says but wilt thou know o vain man that faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? The event spoken of here is found in in, in Genesis chapter 22. The the condensed account is that God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac. The son was to be the one who would help fulfill the promise uh, that God made to Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And if Isaac dies, then the promise wouldn't be fulfilled. So the request makes no sense, at least on the surface. But Abraham does what God asks. And just at the last moment, God provides the ram uh, to take the place of Isaac. and, And so the ram is sacrificed. It's an amazing story of faith and works. But it isn't the first story. Back in Genesis 17, there's another great story where God appears before Abraham when he's 99 years old. God talks with Abraham and tells him that he will be the father of many nations. Abraham will have a special place in God's plan. And in response to that call from God, Abraham has himself, his whole household circumcised. Right? Abraham trusted in God and demonstrated that trust with action. By what he did, by the way he lived. But again, it's not the first time that this happened. Back in Genesis 12, God appears to Abraham and tells him to leave his country, leave his people, leave his family's household, and go to a new land, which God will like, tell him when he gets there. Abraham's 75 years old when this happens, and without hesitation, Abraham does what God says. Without having any idea what was waiting in the future, Abraham responded in faith and set about doing what God had asked him to do now what's the point James says that I'm going to give you the evidence that faith without works is dead that it's useless that it doesn't accomplish anything and then he uses the example that happens 30 years after Abraham first responded to God why not go back to Genesis 12 why not go back to Genesis 17 as you think about that let me tell you another little story one day, an old man was sitting quietly on his porch with his dog. I'm looking forward to those days. Sitting on the porch part and not so much the dog. But suddenly, a large rabbit ran across the yard. The dog jumped up and took off after the big rabbit and just, just barking, just barking as he went. Soon, other dogs began to join him, attracted by his barking. You can imagine the sight as this pack of dogs is running you know, across the creek and, and up the embankment and through the thickets and then running through the thorns as the rabbit tries to get away. And gradually, one by one, all the other dogs kind of drop out of, of the pursuit. They're kind of discouraged and frustrated. Only, only the old man's dog continued you know, hotly after this big old rabbit. Now the question you need to ask is why did the other dogs eventually give up? Why did just the one stick with it? because they didn't understand what the chase was all about in the first place they never saw the rabbit they only saw the dog running and barking it's only the one who saw the rabbit that persevered when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ we know it is the only uh, I mean the only way this happens is by grace through faith it's God's grace and mercy and love that we are able to persevere because we have seen faith work we have seen God in action in our lives. It takes faith, a faith which results of, which is a result of trust, uh, the sort of faith that Paul emphasized. Uh, nothing you can do will add to your salvation. Our works don't even, even our lack of works are not going to make us any more or less acceptable to God. But the way our faith shows itself will continue to grow as our Christian walk continues see James is not necessarily saying a workless a workless faith is a sign that you're not saved it can have that application though but for believers what good is workless faith workless faith is dead workless faith does not show your beliefs workless faith is useless faith The main priority here is not for us to be walking around saying, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. James wants us to be honest and say that when we look at ourselves, when others look at us, do they see our faith having a genuine effect, a genuine impact on our lives? Now, does this mean that you need to pack up your family and head to the mission field to prove your faith works? Only if God leads you to do that. Does it mean that you have to hand out a thousand tracts a week to prove your faith works? Only if God opens the door for you to do that. Do you need to help start a church or or up your tithe to 90% and live on 10 or sell all that you have and give it to the poor? Only if God leads you to. Does it mean that you don't have faith or that your faith is dead if you don't have these things or other big things going on in your life? Am I saying that now you're expected to do these sorts of things to prove your faith? Not at all. Faith that shows itself will continue to grow as you continue to walk with Christ. The point is this Do you have a faith that works? Do you have a faith which works and which will continue to change you? Do you have a faith that responds to the needs of others? That's the key in verses 15 and 16 here. Does your faith work by doing? Does your faith work by showing love to those who have needs that you could meet if you just could or would? All right, he's not asking us. to to go to the mission field, start an orphanage, sell everything we have, pass out a thousand tracts, although those things are great. He's asking you to look around, find brothers or sisters in Christ that need your help and get off your rear ends and help them. Have the faith to step out and say, if I help them, I'm going to be short, but I'm going to help them anyways because I trust God. That is a working faith. I'm going to give you an opportunity for your faith to work. There's a family in our church that has needs. Serious, real, live needs. This Sunday and next Sunday. Above and beyond your tithe, you still tithe what you would normally tithe. You give what you would normally give. This is extra. This is above. This Sunday and next Sunday, I'm going to give you an opportunity to exercise your faith. This offering that we give will go completely to them with no strings attached. And if you need to know who it is, I'll tell you. Uh, But it's wrong for us to have family in need that we do not step out, stretch our faith to try to meet. That faith doesn't work. Our faith needs to work, it needs to do something. So when you give that special offering, you, you mark it special, you mark it special offering, uh, whatever to indicate that it's above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings. Because a faith that works works by doing. A faith that works, works by showing love and meeting the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, in a make-believe country where only ducks live, all the ducks came into church. They waddled down the aisle into their duck pews and they squatted into their duck seats. The duck minister took his place behind the duck, duck pulpit and opened the duck Bible, and this is what he read. It says, Ducks you have wings and with wings you can fly like eagles you can soar into the sky use your wings and all the ducks quacked amen then they all got up out of their pews and they waddled back home on their feet there's no point saying amen to to saying, yes, we should have a faith that works. Yes, we should meet the needs of our brothers and sisters. There's no point saying amen to that fact that God has enabled you to fly and then you walk home. A faith which works will achieve things. And the older you get in Christ, the more that faith will achieve. See, nobody expects a first-year apprentice carpenter to build a house unsupervised. But if you say that you're a master carpenter and all you do is put doorknobs on doors, people will begin to rightly ask, are you really a master carpenter? What good is a master carpenter if he acts like an apprentice or if he acts less than apprentice? an apprentice? See, a working faith will do just that. It will work. It will constantly change and morph as you grow, as you mature, as God gives you new direction in your life. A faith which works is going to be genuine. It's going to be honest. According to verse 26, it proves life. Works prove a living faith. I found this in an illustration book a while back and I think it's kind of, kind of fitting that uh, a newly promoted colonel had moved into a makeshift office during the Gulf War. So we know this is several years ago. He was just getting unpacked when out of the corner of his eye he noticed a private coming his way with a toolbox and, and he really wanted to seem important in this new position, in this new office. So he grabbed the phone Says yes, General Schwartzkopf. I think that's a just an excellent idea. You've got my support on this. Thanks for checking in with me. Let's uh, let's get in touch uh, real soon again, Norm. Goodbye. And Then he turns to the private and says, uh, "What can I do for you?" The private stands there for a moment and it's like um, he says rather sheepishly, "I uh, I'm just I'm just here to hook up your phone." This this working faith doesn't pretend to be something it's not. This working faith is honest, all right? A working faith is honest and genuine, and it doesn't pretend to be more than it is because it understands that that as, as you grow in Christ, your faith is going to grow as well. It means being genuine about who you are and where you are in your relationship to the Lord. It's about loving the way Christ says love. It's about living the way that you're saved, growing like you're saved, loving others like you're saved. And it's, it's okay not being where other people are as long as you're right where God wants you to be and you know that you're going to grow and move beyond that. So let me uh, finish with a simple question. How does your faith work? How does your faith work? Stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Father, again, we find ourselves thanking you for your word. We thank you for its authority and for its clarity. We thank you for the way that your spirit takes your word and speaks it directly into our heart and mind, right where we need it most. And Father, it seems that everyone here would claim the name of Christ. That they would say that they're saved. They would say that they have a relationship with you through your son. So, Father, I pray that you would put that to the test. I pray, Father, that you would convict us where we need it most. If our faith is lacking, I pray, Father, that you increase our faith. If our willingness to step out by faith and to meet the needs of others is lacking, I pray that you encourage us and edify us and uh, exhort us and admonish us. To take that step. Father, we want to be people that are pleasing to you. We want to be children that please their Heavenly Father. So, Father, where we are lacking in our faith works we trust that your spirit would uh, would convict us in such a way that we cannot sleep we cannot relax we cannot focus until we are in obedience to you and your word Lord often you ask great grand things of us and you supply the need to obey the ability to obey but often Lord what you ask is very simple like your word has said, you just ask us to, to find a need in our family and meet it. So Father, help us have enough faith just to see the need and meet the need. For it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Mike, would you come ahead?